BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, Only he who believes is obedient. And only he who is obedient believes. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I am your host, Spencer, and this is my lovely wife, Nikki. And today, we kind of had a a different episode in mind. We were going to kind of look into... What in the heaven's name happened to the Episcopal Church? Uh, and that was until we actually started putting this episode together, and then it all changed uh, slightly. It didn't change entirely. So before we dive in to this topic, honey, do you have anything you want to talk about? Oh, I'm just going to uh, say I'm just thankful to God. I uh, met some neighbors down the road. Uh, we were walking around on 4th of July trying to find a spot to watch the fireworks with our kids, but um, some neighbors down the road, we got to talking with them. And so I have another uh, job opportunity doing the same thing, but um, it would be more after school starts, I could start um, working with, um, with them, cleaning houses, cleaning condos. And so it seems like it will work out really well. So and it's just an opportunity also to Maybe preach the gospel to our new friends. So, <laughs> uh, be praying that we. Um, well, I guess I would be the one seeing them, but that um, God would give me um, opportunity. Uh, you know, like the right time to bring up. You know, to build a friendship with them. Yep, and I would like to say, like and subscribe, follow us on your podcasting platform, <laughs> jump on our Discord so we can you know, talk to you more directly. And then also the website is out now, um, religionlesschristianitypodcast.com. Please, it'll be in the description. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we should add, subtract, anything like that. We're open to ideas. So anyways, you know, I was sort of combing through the news as I do, trying to come up with 
you know, stuff that I want to talk about in these episodes. And I sort of stumbled on this story. Um, and Nikki, you can read the headline in that first paragraph. Yeah, the headline says, I'm a bisexual woman. I am also a Christian. Here's how I came to accept myself. Yep, and that was from the Huffington Post. And then do you want to just read that first paragraph? I guess. It's hard to read through, but I will. <laughs> Everyone knew she was a lesbian and she was loved and accepted and hadn't been shunned by our pastors. This hadn't been her experience at previous churches, and she expressed difficulty in finding a church as welcoming as ours. The congregation's acceptance of Natalie gave me the courage to come to terms with the fact that I had been created exactly the way God intended. So, sorry, this isn't the first paragraph. This was just a selected paragraph I pulled out of the story. And um, after drying the tears from my eyes, um, I continued to press on, you know, getting on my grind, as they say, so I could bring you guys the best that we possibly could. And I came across another story. So if you want to read this headline, honey, and this is from the Anchorage Daily News. Okay, it says, we're all made in God's image. And then it reads, for more than 20 years, I've been serving as the rector of St. Mary's Episcopal Church, a welcoming and affirming congregation in Anchorage. My position at St. Mary's sometimes leads to opportunities to walk alongside those who are struggling. I've spoken with many Alaskans who had a um, who have a hard time understanding their LGBTQ family members and reconciling their deep love with their religious upbringing. I understand that many people may have complex views on LGBTQ people, but Holy Scripture itself is clear. We're all made in the image of God, worthy of love, dignity, and respect. Ah, so... <laughs> That's when, you know, I was kind of thinking, and this is what kind of prompted us, is we're, you're going to look at the Episcopal Church, because we read these stories a lot, and it seems like 75 to like 80% of them are all some Episcopalian church. So we're going to kind of look at this as an angle of like, man, what is going on with the Episcopalian church? But like an idiot, I kept on looking. Um, and you know how like when you watch something on TV, like it happens in sports a lot, um, whereas maybe like an athlete gets injured or something and you kind of see him get injured and you're like, oh man, I want to see what's going on. Or they're talking about it. You're like, I want to see what's going on. And then you watch it and like immediately like your stomach's turning. <laughs> I remember like a few years ago, this is what got me thinking of it. There was like the Louisville, uh, Louisville Cardinals were playing in like the NCAA tournament. Nikki probably doesn't remember, but there was this young, you know, Louisville player and he was just like running up and down the court, like made a cut or something. And his lower leg broke, like his femur or his tibia or something. And you're like, oh, man, he's hurt. And I'm like, oh, I want to see what happened. So you watch the slow-mo replay. <laughs> and you see it break. And, like, you see that the bone sticking out of his leg. And, like, it turned my stomach. And even now thinking about it, it turns my stomach. Um, and that's basically what this episode turned into. It was like every news article that we went through or that I was looking at just got more and more, like, stomach turning basically as you're going through it so I did what any good husband would do I told my wife to come and read with me uh, and let me tell you guys Nikki seems like a sweet loving lady on this uh podcast <laughs> but 
uh, when she starts reading articles like this, she is not. She gets fiery, and I have to calm her down um, and not let her unleash the Kraken on you guys. So um, that yeah. was kind of how this episode evolved. Yeah, we started looking into the Episcopal Church. Um, we see there's been a great infiltration of uh, Antichrist. And we know that the term Antichrist uh, can be divisive. But we look at 1 John, it tells us there are Antichrists in the world already. So it says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. So that was 1 John 2.18. And this is um, the homosexuals overtaking of our churches. That is Antichrist. Yeah, and that can be divisive, but it shouldn't be um, because it's biblical. And, you know, so this episode, what originally started out as kind of a look at the Episcopal Church has kind of turned into kind of a call of warning and maybe even a call of action. And I was like, I feel like we're always calling this podcast to action. But we were called to action to start the podcast. So um, I feel okay with that, I guess. Yeah, and it is a warning because this is going to pervert our church at large in the coming years. Yeah, like going through these articles. And this is going to be a a talk that we have over the next couple of episodes. This isn't going to be a one-off talk. We're going to start digging down deeper into this homosexual infiltration in our church. We've kind of beaten around the bush in some episodes, but we're going to try to focus on this a little more clearly. But kind of going through this and seeing how this is sorting or sort of taken over in certain areas of the church, it struck me as like, you want to know how communism seems to have like completely infiltrated our colleges and universities? Like, this is how, you know, it started decades ago with a few communist sympathizers that were working in the universities, sort of slowly influencing the young, and then over time sort of building like this overwhelming majority of educators that see socialism and communism as a preferable form of, uh, of governance, you know, mm -hmm. and like this far down the road, decades and decades down the road, mm -hmm. we're not just going to like elect Donald Trump and then it all gets fixed. Like, it's going to take decades for us to fix this. Like, it took decades to undermine this country. It's going to take decades to fix this. Um, but only if we recognize the problem and actually start working towards mm -hmm. correcting recognize it, which we're doing, problem. right? And we've talked about that with critical race theory and this sort of thing. We're starting to recognize it. Um, but we're seeing the start of this in the Christian community. You know, sort of what's happened in academia for decades you know, if you are a college professor or whatever, and you stand for free markets, a meritocracy, private property, free speech, like you're considered hateful, you know, like a greedy oppressor, basically. So, you know, if you hold those views, you can hardly find work, you know, if you're open about it. I can see in the churches, um, like the youth events, you know, like the youth center, it's... It's, it's very inclusive there. Everything's about um, the love and acceptance. We just want to get the youth in and get them saved. But then there's no, there's no real solid biblical teaching over there. So it's like you're teaching the youth 
love and acceptance and, you know, come as you are and stay. And I'll tell you, I, when I was a teenager, I went to these, you know, Friday night youth events at church and they're not a godly place to be. The kids showing up there are drunk and high. There's no accountability. Nobody was really looking out where we were in that church building, too many places to hide. It isn't good. And it, you're not teaching kids to, to fear God. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing good. It's fruitless. And this is still going on today. Um, even the kids, the neighbors who went to these events told us about it. Like they're not, they're just social clubs and they're held at church. And you're just training these kids to think this is what church is. All inclusive. It's a club. So, like, again, we're going, they're going after the youth. The church doesn't even realize they're doing it. They are conditioning the youth to, like, that's it. That's all church is. And there's no accountability. There's no um, pursuing holiness. It's just lukewarm from the start. Yeah, and this is, we're going to, we've been wanting to do an episode about this for a long time, and we will eventually, but the gist of it's going to be, Stop putting children in charge of our children. Yeah. Uh, youth pastor is not just like a stepping stone. Uh, it's an incredibly mm-hmm. important position yes. in the church. And when you put a 21-year-old who probably still has a porn addiction <laughs> in charge of your kids, it's not going to turn out well. So, um, But this homosexual infiltration, and they're coming for the youth. That's the way every cultural change happens. They get the youth, and then they grow up and— you know, it spreads that way. And this is going to be the future of Christianity if we stay silent. Like, you know, the Episcopal Church right now, uh, we read about like a one-off seminary in New York, I think, that preached sort of this homosexual like acceptance and stuff. But this is going to become mainstream Mm -hmm. in a decade or two, if not sooner, if we don't do anything about it right now. You know, if you aren't going to be like a queer affirming critical race theory, promoting antichrist, you know, basically church, you won't be allowed to have a platform. Yeah. And we already know Facebook and YouTube, they already heavily censor traditional Christian thought. Yeah. I mean, anybody, you know, that you follow on Facebook or YouTube that (laughs) It's difficult if you're mm-hmm. really trying to preach against because yeah, you're considered you a hater, basically. That your message of truth will get to the right people. That's what we pray before we start because if God intends it to be heard, it's got to be him because wicked men suppress the truth. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, is like evil advances when good men and women do nothing. And if we stay silent and try to sort of ignore this evil or just, you know, we're not going to participate like it's going to infiltrate everything. Um, and what's worse, that is like in today's climate that we live in, sort of this infiltration, it's been accelerated. You know, it's not just that like the homosexuals want to gain a seat at the table of Christianity, you know, but with the way that everything um, you say is kind of looked at through this Marxist doctrine, it's all hate speech now. So like mm-hmm. you can't even say it without getting shut out. So to speak against it, you sort of lose your voice. So they're going to be gaining seats while nobody else is going to be there to stand against it if we just continue on in our silence. And I don't think that these, you know, Christian homosexuals really even care um, 
about being Christian. It's all about getting like every group of people to accept you as you are. It's about tolerance. That's what it's about. So yeah, you either let them in or you're going to get kicked out. And that's kind of the point of what we're making here. Like, and uh, we're going to dig more into the false claims of their Christianity mm-hmm. um, in the f- coming episodes. But that's sort of why I started with that Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote. Um, only the obedient believe and only those who believe are obedient. So if you're not obedient to Christ, you don't believe. Um, at least you don't believe in the real Christ of the Bible. So, and this is what we're starting to see. They're teaching that people that aren't obedient to the actual teachings of scripture are Christians. And like, it starts now with like, well, love is love, but that's going to get looser and looser mm-hmm. and looser to where like, Hey man, just wear a cross on your neck and you're going to heaven. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, basically. And mm-hmm. so that's why we wanted to start with that quote is that if you don't believe you're not obedient, and if you're not obedient, you don't believe. Mm-hmm. And it's not one before the other. They are simultaneous events. So, Yeah, I wanted to bring up that scripture. Um, do we have it on here? Yeah, you can. About. Sorry if you guys can hear the rain in the background. We're going through <laughs> hurricane season here. but. So in regards to the, um, the churches being tolerant of homosexuals, this verse is pertaining to those who claim to be a brother or sister in Christ. They claim to understand the gospel and that they've repented of their sin. But then the whole part of them wanting to hold on to their identity and their sexuality, uh, that to them is not a sin because the whole argument is the way God made me. But yeah, we're all born sinners. That's why we need to be born again. If you're born attracted to the same sex, that's why you need to be born again. And if I'm born... Yeah, hatred. I had an aunt that was born with a severe chocolate addiction, <laughs> and she got diabetes, so she had to stop eating chocolate. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Yes, right? you can joke about it, but I, I was going to say. <laughs> I made that story. What sin time. were you born <laughs> with that, you know, it, it's like something you're really tempted to fall into, give into, would be anger or any kind of addiction. It's not who you are just because it's a sin bent or it's a strong desire in you to um, act it out. That is the whole purpose of being born again. So you don't say, I'm a homosexual. This is the way God made me. You were just born into sin like everybody else. Get born again. Repent of all your sins. Why would you hold on to that identity if Jesus died for that sin? You hold on to one, you're not a Christian. So anyway... I'll read this verse, and it's about um, getting, like, why you should not fellowship with those who call themselves a Christian, pretty much, uh, and it's dangerous to keep them in the church because they already heard the gospel. They already claim to be a Christian. So you don't, why are they staying after that? Okay, so it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 13. He says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. 
But now I'm writing to you uh, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunker, swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. And that's, we're supposed to not allow um, gay Christians to be in fellowship with the church. Yeah, amongst many others. And the idea is that... Right, not just them. Anybody who's holding on to any sin, they're not repentant. Yeah, because the church is the body of Christ. It's not a place where sinners come to get saved. It's a place where, I mean, it can be. Sure, you can come there and get saved. But it's a place for believers to come and get strengthened in the Mm -hmm. word and in fellowship with each other. And if you allow someone to come in who has an unrepentant sin or is proud in their sin, they're infecting your church. Mm -hmm. If they're not willing to lay that sin down, um, give it to Jesus and move forward in a more righteous way, like, they need to be removed from your church because they're infecting. They're not. So like she said, they've heard the gospel. So um, we're going to touch again much more on that. Um, We're going to skip Friday. We're sticking to the good news. Um, So we're not talking about this, but Monday we'll be back with the second episode and we're probably going to bleed into Wednesday on this topic as well. Um, So please make sure you stick around, like, and subscribe, follow, share this with a friend. we would really love that. So as we get ready to wrap this episode up, though, do you have any last words? I don't want it to run too long. I know. I know. I know this is a hard subject. Um, we need to get into scripture and we need to do things the way God tells us to do it. And it's for the sake of uh, the body. Really, you want to don't protect the body of Christ and not any of it get infected with false doctrine or twisting scripture and all that. So um, we just just pray um, for guidance from the Holy Spirit. If you go to a church that's very inclusive like that, I know that's a hard spot to be in. Pray about it. Bring it up to your pastor. I I advise you. You need. I think you need to speak the truth. I would bring it up now that it's brought before us. It's plainly right there in scripture. And that's iron uh, sharpens iron, and you can go to your pastor and bring it up. Yeah, so we definitely need to bring it up. And as we kind of close this episode out, I just wanted to, I wrote down just like, you know, if you're a parent especially, but like if you're young in the faith, you need to do your homework, like serious homework before you decide where you call um, your home spiritually you know, kind of preparing for this episode, I was just blown away at the level to which homosexuality and all of its sort of offshoots, transgenderism and that sort of thing have infiltrated our faith. Mm-hmm. These are antichrist ideas like she talked about. And you need to flee from them wherever you find them. You know, we're most certainly going to talk again more about this in the future, the next couple episodes, but it's getting everywhere in our church. We have seminaries that are built on queer affirmation. Like somebody anywhere, please tell me how you can teach Christian theology and queer affirmation. Do you just skip entire books of the Bible? Like it's nuts. So simply calling something Christian, someone Christian, it's not. You know, like if they're, oh, I go to the Episcopal church down the road. Why like they just start their own religion because they 
don't want to be Christians. It's essentially that, you know, the seminary school is not teaching Christian theology in a traditional sense. It's a new age. It's basically new age, new age religion, right? You like the moral teachings of Jesus to a degree, you know, any other religions have so many offshoots, so divided I doubt it. as Christianity. Like, But that's just, as we close this out, like, please be leery. Please do your homework. Please read the Bible for yourself. Don't just take someone else's word. Oh, love is love. You're like, good enough for me. Like, no, it's not. It's either God's word or it's not. Tolerance and so, love don't mean the same thing. So that's all we got for you guys today. We don't mean to be harsh and I guess you have to give like the obligatory um, caveat that like it doesn't mean homosexuals can't get saved and go to heaven, but you can't hold on to your pride and your sin and go to heaven. That doesn't work that way. Like um, read the book of first John. Yeah. We have it on our website, your assurance of salvation. If you want to know if you're saved, Go mm-hmm. read the book of First John. First John is a very short book. You read it, and in he will like tell 10 you if you know you're saved. So, um, again, come back Monday, probably Wednesday. We're going to touch on this topic again, but Friday, we're going to try to give you that good news going into the weekend. It's going to be hard because we're going to be burning <laughs> inside to talk about this. But that's all we got for you guys today. We love you. God bless. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.